Okay, I've got a question for you. What do Muji, Heli Hansen, Allbirds, and Simba all have in common? They all use Yachtpo. Yachtpo is a one-stop shop for nearly everything e-commerce brands need to grow. They started with reviews to help you convert more visitors, but they've also got a referral feature so your customers can introduce their friends to your products. You can run your loyalty scheme through Yachtpo, so when an existing customer does something like shares a product on their socials, you can give them points, which then pulls them back to your site to spend again. Oh, and you can use the SMS feature to make sure your customers actually engage with these tools, because little known fact, SMS performs much better than email in this context. So if you're in e-commerce and want better customer acquisition and retention, check out yachtpo.com secret. That's yachtpo.com secret. Now, on to the show. I mean, I've done a lot of jobs in my life. I think people find it quite unusual that I started the business at 24, and before then, I'd done 37 jobs, I think, which was all sorts of things. That's Chrissy Smith. For the past 10 years, she's been running her tea company, Bird & Blend, who make all kinds of teas and are doing really well. But before that, Chrissy had a frankly astonishing run of short-lived jobs and careers. Her CV must have been a state. From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. We're doing this because we hear about success all the time, but not its far more common cousin, failure. We want to change that, with the help of founders like Chrissy sharing their lowest moments. 37 jobs by the age of 24 is quite a haul. What on earth was she doing? I worked on the IKEA paint desk. I worked in debt collection. I did e-learning. I did all the customer service jobs under the sun. And I think at that time, my desire was, as most young people, I think, was to earn some money and get the, you know, the chance to sort of escape in a way. I've always been really academic. Um, and smart but creative, but always described as sort of different or troublesome, definitely not one to take the status quo. And, and in my early days in employment, that meant that I could get jobs pretty easily because I could give a great interview and I was smart. Um, but then when I got the jobs, <laughs> I struggled to keep them. And I think sometimes people say to me, if you've had 37 jobs, then you must not be very employable. And I said, well, actually, no, I'm highly employable, but actually I can't, I'm not very good with the retention bit. <laughs> so, you know, that's the problem. So, uh, yeah, in my earliest days, you know, in the world of work, I was there for the money, to, to earn money, to be able to get out and travel the world. But I thought I'd be going into these, you know, quite light jobs, you know, when you're a teenager and you're in your early 20s, thinking, you know, well, I'm just here to do my job. But actually, I very quickly realised that I wanted to ask questions about what was going on. And I very quickly realised that the asking of questions, especially as a young person in a job that's perhaps an entry-level job, it's not very encouraged. So you start questioning yourself and thinking, am I failing at this? Right. So how would these kinds of incidents really play out? After university, I joined a um, energy company to do debt collection and customer service. It was a great paid job, and I was just had this itchy feet to go and see the world. And and I went in, and I thought to myself, I can't be honest about the fact that I've got this degree. I can't be honest about my you know my ambitions and my skills because they'll never hire me. 
So they'll think, well, why would she want to be here at debt collection? Whereas I was just thinking, I want the best paid job for now. So I went in and I sort of almost downplayed that I could do the job. So I landed and I, I just sort of had all these ideas and I really got stuck into it. And it's not my passion, debt collection, um, but I got really stuck into it. And um, I thought I was doing an all right job and I was on the daily trying to balance between not showing that I was, you know, too invested, but also, you know, giving a good impression. It got to about three months in and I had my probation review. And very surprisingly to me, my manager said, we're going to let you go. I was, I was genuinely shocked. And I said, what? I said, what? What have I done? Thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I'm one of the smartest people here. I'm super, you know, I'm, I'm energetic every day. And she said, I know you've been trying to hide it, but we can tell that you just want more. And I thought, what do you mean? And I, and I started, saying, started to say, you know, well, I don't, I don't want more. I want to be a tech collector. And she was sort of like, I can tell, you know. And, and I said, well, why is that a problem? And she said, you know, we're looking for people that are going to want to be here longer term. And, you know, you ask this thing I keep mentioning, you ask too many questions. Look, we've got some sympathy, but there must have been some screw-ups. I once crashed the company car at a new learning company that I was at. Um, um, there was a logbook and you could log yourself out. And I um, you know, wrote in there that I'd taken the car and I went off and I actually went, um, <laughs> I actually took it across town to a part of town that's not necessarily that desirable, that was having a huge uh, daytime rave. And, uh, this is in my early days, this is my early days. And um, obviously then left the car there, had to go pick it up in the morning. And, you know, obviously that is not something I would encourage anybody to do. Take your company car to, you know, it wasn't, it was a pool car. It wasn't my car. People shared it and leave it there overnight and hope you'll get away with it. But yeah. Anyway, two weeks later, I heard this promotion and we had this really eccentric boss and um, my colleagues came down the corridor and, and I was an assistant. So I was next door to his office and we could hear him hollering and everyone came in and said, Chrissy, what's going on? Because I always used to know what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? And I said, I think somebody's got a speeding ticket in the car um, and he's, you know, he's livid. And um, we went and like listened by the door and um, literally like you can imagine people sort of stood down the corridor li- listening to what the boss is, is shouting. And this, um, this poor lad was in there and he was shouting and saying, you know, I know why you were over that side of town. I know why you were in that location. You were speeding in my car. I would like to point out that it was only 37 in a 30 zone. So it wasn't like 100 miles an hour before I give the impression that I'm some sort of yeah, irresponsible driver. But um, I heard the words, well, Chrissy's in the logbook. And then I heard the words, well, Chrissy wouldn't do this. <laughs> it's obviously not Chrissy. And everyone in the corridor sort of comedy style turned to look at me and like with, with like a pause waiting to see what I would do. And I just thought, oh God, I'm going to have to admit to this. I can't let this poor lad take the fall. So I had to go in and say, and I was, again, I was on my probation and I got fired. <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> the thing is though, if it weren't for all these failures, she wouldn't have her company, Bird and Blend but probably not for the reasons you think. What I did realise is that I had managed to pick out, you know, what I didn't want to be and what I didn't want my world of work to be. And I very quickly came to the realisation that 
to not be in environments where there are underhand things happening, people aren't empowered and all of this negativity that I've experienced, I thought, I'm going to have to build this myself. And that's the reason that I set out to start a business. I didn't start out to create a tea company. A lot of our competitors um, and anyone in food and drink and that sort of thing, they often have a passion for the product and then they build a business on it. I was looking for a business idea for something and I tried a few different things that didn't work out. And I happened upon tea from doing many, many jobs in the tea industry. You know, I managed a chain of tea bars. I worked for a big tea company out of Dates Tea out in Canada. And I thought they were just jobs to pay the wages. But I started to see that there's this fun side to tea and this creativity. And at the time, the market, when I researched it, was just turning in the flavoured and green area. So I thought, this is the opportunity for me to build a business around something that's creative, something that connects people and something that's not being done in, in the UK, um, approaching tea from that fun element. And our business statement mission statement at the start was nothing to do with tea. It was to prove that you could build a successful business that put people at the heart of everything you do. So it wasn't about tea. It was about connecting people on both sides of the counter, being very human. It was about empowering people. I wanted to create jobs where people could ask all the questions and weren't afraid to say, I don't think we should do it like that. And what I now realise is I've accidentally built well, not accidentally, I worked really hard, but that attitude, especially in the early years, meant that I listened to every single customer that I met at the market store. I took all the feedback. I got people involved and collectively our community of loyal customers and our community of team members have helped us shape Bread and Blend into what it is today. And that's because we've fostered an environment where everybody's ideas and thoughts and way of working is embraced. And it's incredibly special. Failure comes in all shapes and sizes, and Chrissy would probably say there isn't a better teacher. So the next time you screw up, why not give yourself a break, reflect on it, and write down the learnings? You've been listening to our Bite Size series on failure, and I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta. If you want to hear more stories of failure, setbacks, and how they impact success, then give us a follow on your podcast app and share the episode with someone who needs to hear it. See you next time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.